So I'm calm. I'm I'm a lot calmer than I was last time you all listened to me. You know, you all know I was kind of going through some stuff and I was a little high strung and upset and I felt filthy and I've had time now to really put into practice everything that I told you all about last week. You know, the the four or five steps that I gave you, I literally went out and did them every day for the last two weeks. And I'm cool. I'm really cool now. And I just wanted to come on and and, and give you an update and check on you guys and kind of tell you about what's happened since we last spoke, since the last episode. So as you know, I mentioned that Tony, my husband, his grandfather had passed away and I was triggered by, you know, yeah, I don't want to say it. So I was kind of triggered and I kind of let myself do something that I adamantly advise you guys against which is engage in toxicity and I jumped in the pig pen with a pig and you know the thing about it is when you jump in the pig pen you get muddy too the 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 bad thing for us though people like you and me is that we're not accustomed to living in mud and filth and slop and dirt and that funky sticky stuff from the pig pen so when we jump in there we're not accustomed to what's going to happen you know we're, we're not used to it it takes us a while to kind of shake it off but the pig honey the pig already lives in there that's where she or he or they that's their home so you literally when you engage you go in their territory you roll around in the crap in the mud and the nasty stuff and you become that but you're out of sorts because it's not who you are. And you all heard me last week. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a life coach. Yes. I'm an expert. Yes. I'm an amazing human being. You know, part-time supermodel. Yes, all of those things. But I'm still only human. And um, I got some really good notes from you all. I got some really uplifting messages. And I really appreciate the nods of condolences. I did pass them on to Tony and... It's just really unfortunate now I have to share with you guys that the day after we funeralized Tony's grandfather, the day after we laid him to rest, I got a phone call that my grandmother had passed away. My grandma, my grandma Rosie, she is gone. And um, it kind of helped me put a lot of stuff in perspective and that's why what I want to share with you all today I want to talk about the frailty of life and some of the stuff that we toil over and how really unimportant all of this stuff is you know it's like what does all of this even mean yes I you know I'm really good at conflict resolution and you all know that you have fun listening to this podcast because we talk about divorce and remarriage and co-parenting and step-parenting and all sorts of tea in between. But when I look at life and I look at these two elders that I loved, that I love very much, that have gone from work to reward, I think about what they did to pass their time in their days. And I think about those moments where I spent wasting my time the time that I could just never get back and today that's what we're going to talk about folks we're going to talk about it and don't worry this is not going to be a sad podcast um this is going to be uplifting okay 
Okay, so let's get this party started. Let me tell you guys about how the funeral experience was for my husband's granddad. So we drove down to Arkansas. For those of you city folk, you big city folk, you might not even know where Arkansas is or those of you that are listening from another country. Arkansas is where Bill Clinton is from. It is the home of Walmart. Everybody knows what Walmart is. And it's kind of a country state. state. It's, you know, it, it gives you like really, every city in Arkansas gives you small town feel. There's nothing um, too fast paced about it, in my humble opinion. And I'm only from two hours away, uh, which is Memphis, Tennessee. So we got to Arkansas, we saw the family, and I really got a chance to learn some of my husband's parents' parents' history. So Tony's granddad was in a previous relationship and he had two daughters and then he got with tony's grandma and they had four girls together so guess what tony's grandma was a stepmom and you know guys they were married for 56 years tony's grandmother and his grandfather 56 years i think they met when they were kids like 16 years old and they got married at 20 something and um it was odd you know to watch this woman who pledged her life took an oath took a vow to this man to watch like to for her to, I, I i saw her i've witnessed her see her husband in you know what was her husband's remains because i truly believe you know when we pass on and make that transition like something beautiful happens and it's just a shell that's left here you know our family is kind of looking over a shell it's like flesh and bone you know it's not us anymore our soul what made us has gone the life is gone but I watched her look at her husband's remains for the last time and touch his hand and she said I love you Jay and that you know that destroyed me dear God you know just to see that 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 was some like tough stuff to witness you know it was hurtful for everyone and after the service couple days after the service you know you know you all know what happens if you've had um, the I'm not going to say the misfortune, but the fortune to attend the homegoing celebration, as we call it. We celebrate life around here. If you've had the, the the fortune to attend that, especially a person that had a life well lived. I mean, Grandpa was 85 years old. Tony's grandfather was. You know, it's kind of like you get a chance to really reflect. And I remember sitting down talking to Granny, and she said, "You know, Naja, I just never thought that this." Day would happen she said I knew it was gonna come but you know I just never thought about this when I met him when we were 16 years old you know I just didn't think about me having to look at him like this and what you know I understood what she meant you know when you fall in love with a person you're kind of just going day by day you're paying bills you're going to work you're making love you're fighting you're making up you're having kids you're seeing kids off you're becoming grandparents like life has happened in the blink of an eye and I just snapped my finger like literally she went through her entire life just like that like snap of a finger with me because I know when she was sharing these thoughts with me she had all these um, visions you know how it is when you're recollecting something you have all these visions at one time and you can't really put it into words but you're just thinking and you're just overwhelmed with thought you know I, I could kind of tell that that's what was happening and I said you know grandma cat grandma cat I said what he had children before you guys got together. I said, so you were a stepmom like me. She was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Grandma Cat is 80 years old, y'all. 
And she kind of told me what the experience was like. She was like, you know, one of his daughters, she was, um, you know, she would run away from home sometimes. It was kind of problematic. And I would always tell him like, hey, listen, let's go get her. And she said, I did my best, Naja, to be good to those girls. Did my best to be good to them. But guess what, you all? That's literally it. That's all she gave stepmothering. She gave it one or two sentences and that's it. Now, y'all know Miss Naja over here, y'all's friend, y'all's BFF, your coach. I've created a whole podcast. I have a business for, you know, that's that's based around supporting stepmoms. I make blogs. I go on other people's podcasts, been on TV talking about like, you know, it's like I talk about it a lot. And I I just like, you know, that kind of did something to me when she said that I was like, well, damn, I was expecting to hear more, you know, because we're all those of us that are still in the thick of things. Sometimes we'll complain and we'll vent to each other. But that was it. She just gave it those one or two sentences. Yeah, Naja, I did my best. I tried to be good to those girls. And then she went back to focusing on Jay, on Grandpa. That's what everybody called him. And it kind of put things in perspective for me because I was like, dang, I've, I've spent and I still hear the lamentations of step parents, step moms and stepdads and biological moms and biological fathers because i got some for y'all too next just keep listening you know i just hear all of our lamentations and how wrapped up we are in the day-to-day of it all but when it's all said and done when one of us is when our partner is looking down at us in that box or we're looking down at them we're not going to be thinking about this we are not going to be thinking about this and one of the reasons that i came up with doing the stop word or I ask my clients, I even ask you guys to do affirmations is to snap us back into being present. Because if you don't, if you focus on another person trying to take you out of your present, they're stealing away your moments. I was sitting with Grandma Cat as she was reminiscing her 56 years of marriage to Grandpa Jay. And I just watched her and I said, wow, one day that could be me or Tony. One day that's going to be my mom and dad. One one day it's going to be my my husband's parents. And if you do marriage the right way, if you do your relationship or, or parenthood or whatever the right way, then ultimately somebody is going to go unless you both go at the same time. But ultimately, you know, it's just going to be one of us left. And I don't want my moments. I don't want your moments to be spent like with even a thought of the crap that you're dealing with today, because trouble does not last always. It will not continue. Now, what you allow will continue. You could take this into your tomorrow and into your next year and into your next decade. But I am urging you to think about the frailty of life. There's one of my favorite sayings, and it used to piss me off when Tony said this to me. He'd be like, you know, Naja, especially when we'd be, you know, at it at each other's throats about some little minuscule issue he'd be like you know Naja, you can't see the forest for the trees and i'm like what and this thing you know if you guys haven't heard this before i'm gonna repeat it you cannot see the forest for the trees or you can't see the totality or the wholeness of a forest because you're looking at the tree that's right in front of you you know so that basically means you're focusing on this one small thing but you're missing the big picture Okay, so you guys get it. You get it. You get what that means. And so many times, a lot of us will do the same thing. We will miss out on the entire forest 
because we're focused on this one little stupid ass tree stump that's right here in our faces or that we stubbed our toe on and we don't look around and hold our heads up and look at all the beauty that we're missing because we're looking down at the ground at this stubbed toe and this stubbed toe could represent a custody battle or a high conflict ex or um, maybe a job loss or you're focusing on the fact you need to lose weight or you don't like your hair today you know just some something that honestly you guys and I'm not trying to minimize your issues because I know it's a big deal but some of these things we need to be able to make them small we need to minify them minify is a word that I got offline that is a word by the way but we need to minimize them you know we need to find our way y'all know one of my now one of my little viral quotes is you know we need to find a way to turn those big old bees into little buzzing gnats and squash them so moving on to my grandma grandma rose grandma rose and granddaddy those are my my grandparents granddaddy johnny and grandma rose it's my father's parents they were married for 72 years before my granddaddy died at age 95 a few years ago um grandma dad died last week at age 95 as well and grandma was also a stepmom they were also in a blended family my granddaddy had five kids before he married grandma and grandma had one son I remember when I was a kid, there was this lady, she used to sit on the porch. It would be grandma, granddad, and the lady, and sometimes a guy would be with them. I don't remember his name, though. And I remember asking my mom a few years back, you know, I was like, mom, I'm the only stepmom in the family, and I don't know what to do. She was like, girl, please, everybody's a stepmom. She was like, your grand, both your grandmothers are, and two of your aunties. I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> what, what? And she was like, do you remember Monk? And I was like, yeah, the old lady that used to come by grandma's house. She was like, well, that was your granddaddy's first wife. I was like, <gasps> she would come and sit on the porch sometimes, you all. Maybe, I mean, like once a month. She would come sit on the porch and play cards with them. And they would drink iced tea and listen to blues music while all those kids were running around. Um, she, Monk, is since deceased. Very, very long time ago, she passed on. All five of she and granddaddy's children preceded both of them in death but so i had this example right in front of me i didn't even know so my grandma god rest her soul mm. her and monk i guess they were kind of cool they were kind of friends i mean they would play cards together on the porch it's just you know it's like it's like these things i'm finding about out about about our elders about my elders who are now gone into the land of ancestry are really kind of cool and i've had the privilege i saw my grandma before she left i wasn't in town because i was um, away traveling for tony's grandfather's uh funeral but my sisters went by before the coroner got there and they got a chance to just see her she looked like she was sleeping grandma had been bedridden for the last year of her life and she needed constant care so we were all kind of used to seeing her in that bed anyway but she just looked like she was sleeping peacefully her, her eyes were closed her hands were laid to the side it's kind of as if she was she was ready as a matter of fact you all believe this she died on a thursday that tuesday my uncle went by there and she said to him she was like hey you know i just want to let you know i'll be checking out of here soon <laughs> And he was like, oh, mama, stop it. Don't say that. We're going to pray for you tonight. She was like, listen, I'm just telling you. I mean, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm leaving soon. 
and within two days she was gone and so when I think about I don't know what our grandma would be thinking about when she was bedridden for that year I imagine if you're laying in your bed of affliction because you know we all want to be old people one day but we just don't think about needing constant care and not being able to feed ourselves or get up and walk around or run to the store or check Instagram like we don't think about the future you know if life goes well if we have a life uninterrupted then that's what's going to happen to all of us you know we're going to get old we're going to need some help going to need a, you know we're going to need some care and so i wonder in her bed of affliction and i don't want to call it a bed of affliction because grandma looked like she was fine she just couldn't move anymore but you know she was just look i wonder what she thought about that entire year i i don't know like did she spend her last months or her last year when she was confined thinking about that old lady monk that used to come sit on the porch or granddaddy's baby mama or his five kids or her stepmothering experience i don't think so and so that all of this all of this um all of this death that has been that has been surrounding me has really made me put some things in perspective about my own life and kind of changing my message with you all don't worry i'm still gonna yell and cuss and be crazy but it's really going to be geared more towards all of us seeing the big picture focusing on the big picture there believe it or not there's a lot of moms that would not consider themselves high conflict let listen to me there's a lot of fathers that don't consider themselves deadbeats there's a lot of step parents that consider themselves good people that listen to this podcast sorry i'm sniffling i almost i almost caught a tear but y'all ain't gonna get me like that today <laughs> and you know i could say that we all inherently in in our core we think we're doing good like we think we're doing the right thing we really think that we're putting good out into the world even when we when we're not you know why because some of us can't help it I was talking to one of my clients um, or uh, uh, one of my clients or she's a member of the platform. So I get, I don't remember, but you know, we were, we were speaking about her experience in handling her own trauma. And one thing about it is we all are pretty traumatized. None of us made it out of childhood. Okay. You could have had the best childhood ever two-parent home had a birthday cake every year went to spend the summers in africa or in illinois with your grandparents you know it's just it could have been could have been awesome could have gotten all the stuff that you wanted but there was still something about your childhood that made you have to cope with something you know it's just even if your parent your home life was okay maybe it was a bully or maybe it was a teacher that kind of um traumatized you and so when we experience trauma we automatically develop these coping mechanisms you figure out ways to cope like for example if there's a bully at your school that's picking on you every day because you wear a red shirt guess what you're probably going to avoid wearing red shirts and now as a 43 year old for in your head you think you don't like red because you don't like it but you have displaced this memory this traumatic experience of that bully that used to pick on you because you wore red shirts you don't even you can't even access that memory because you've boxed it in so tight but now you don't like you go around telling people oh yeah i don't like red shirts and even further you probably won't let your kids wear red shirts because you're just like eh you know there's so many things that we do i don't believe any of our actions are 
are without a root. They all have a cause. And I just, you know, the thing that I love for you all to do is kind of explore why you like the things you like, why you don't like the things you like. Um, our parents, uh, the people that raised us, our, our surroundings, those are normally our first teachers. They teach us how to be. They teach us how to give love, how to receive love. They teach us what's okay. They teach us um, how to be thankful, how to some some of them, them teach us senses of entitlement you know that the people that raise us teach us all these different things and they also teach us how to cope one thing that i want you to consider though is how much of what you see do say is really an original thought i bet it's not i bet not a lot of it is how much originated from someone else's fear what if you are walking around here your entire life fearing things because one of your parents put it in them put it in you i'm sorry what if your main motivations are really things that your parents pushed you to do that were not really your innate desires? Well, while it's safe because you've probably been doing it your whole life, it's safe to just continue to exist in that lane. What it, you know, some of us have, including me, challenged ourselves to break free from the things that our parents taught us to not be fearful. I remember, you know, one of the reasons my mother encouraged me to travel and move away from Memphis, Tennessee is because my grandma forbid her from leaving Memphis. All my mom ever wanted when she was a little girl to leave Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis wasn't big enough to hold her. I still don't believe it is, but she chose to stay here. She wanted to join the military and see the world, but my grandmother forbid her from doing it. And grandma forbid her because back in that day, as you all may or may not know, there are people that look like us really did not have um, safety. We didn't have a lot of rights. While we could have joined the military, we would have had to use a separate bathroom because of the color of our skin. And grandma and a lot of mothers like her wanted to protect their children from that. And they thought the best way to protect their children is to discourage them from going far away. They didn't want to get a phone call that the son was hanging from a tree or their daughter had been raped and murdered and no one cares to find her body because that was very, very common in that day. And so my mom vowing to be different. I was like, yeah, mom, you know, I think I'm gonna move to Texas. I want to think I'm gonna move to Florida. I think I wanna move to New York. She's like, go. And every city I've ever lived in, my mom has come to stay with me. She will hop on a plane. If I tell her right now, mom, let's go, she'll go. And so I wonder what her life could have been if she had been allowed to follow instinctually, instinctually what she wanted to do and be. Who knows? Who freaking knows, man? But here we are today. Here we are today. You know, I, I when I come full circle and I look at the frailty of life and how quick it is, this is where I encourage you to stay very present. And one of the things I do to stay present is just simple stuff like breathing exercises. The one thing I can control, if I can't control anybody else's actions, Sometimes we can't even control our own thoughts. We can control our breathing. That's one of the main things that they'll teach you, you know, especially when you go to therapy um, or you're learning how to meditate. They'll teach you to focus on your breathing. So, so I'll just breathe a lot of times. I'll do my one, two, three in, one, two, three out breathing. And, uh, you know, you can just Google to see how, how to calm anxiety uh, with breathing exercises. There's a lot of information on there to to kind of get yourself back recentered because um staying centered is 
something that's very important. It's extremely important. It is very, very important. You know, I realize that a lot of us don't want to let go of our trauma. We don't want to let go of it because it's safe. Some of us have been raised in chaos and dysfunction and we kind of know it or some people are just completely oblivious and we want to stay there we choose to stay there because you know what we don't know what's on the other side if you leave that chaotic land or dysfunction alley and step into a land of peace you're still going to be that dysfunctional person that you've always been but then you get to walk around and see all these uh air quotes normal people these people that can self-calibrate and can balance their own emotions and that choose peace and that choose love as a first feeling and reaction. And it's just, just like it would be very difficult for one of those people to come and live in your chaotic land. It's going to be difficult for you to assimilate, but I promise you, um, you don't want to live in chaos and dysfunction. You'll shorten your days like that. You know, also I, I just, I have to touch on this and I, said I wasn't going to talk too much and go into detail about conflict and stuff today but a lot of people that I work with on a daily basis refuse or have a very difficult time making peace with the fact that they are dealing with a person that wants to live in chaos and dysfunction as a matter of fact their core values their core value their core values meaning who they are, the structure of them, the things that make up their personality are rooted in chaos and dysfunction. The sooner you can admit this, the sooner you can accept that and say, and you know, every time they make a comment to you and and, and hopefully it sounds like when I hear people talking about Tony's grandpa and the thing I knew about my grandma, cause I never saw her yell. I never saw her get out of sorts. These, these old folks were cool as a cucumber, honey. And I guess by the time you get a certain age, you, you kind of learn not to sweat the small stuff anyway. Cause I remember one time I tried to talk to my other granny about whole stepmother issues. She was like, oh, Naja. I was like, grandma, the baby mama's doing this. And she was like, oh, Naja. Oh, that girl is crazy, huh, baby? Let me make you some cake. <laughs> you know? So yeah, understanding, it sounds like, you know, grandma and grandpa kind of just understood that there are some people, I mean, I never heard them put it like this, but I guarantee you, they knew that there are some people out here whose core values are built on destruction and evil and nastiness. They were born in pig pens, but they didn't take their butts over there to that pig pen unless they wanted to slaughter and get them a piece of bacon. So I guarantee you, you stay away. You stay your butt away from that pig pen unless you're going to cut a piece of of his ass off and get you some bacon. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I'm 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 not going to go on and on and on about this one, but um, I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And, 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 you know, we do this every other Tuesday. But the guest that I have coming on for Tuesday after next. Oh, my God. She's actually one of my real life friends. She's a colleague. Her name is Dr. Glenna. She we're going to talk about bipolar people. And I know a lot of y'all either y'all's behinds are bipolar or you're dealing with it yourselves. I'm going to ask her some real questions, you know, because, you know, for those of you that are dealing with these conflicted people, these personalities, um, but whether it's a coworker or it's a co-parent or it's a step parent or a child or, or whatever, a sibling, you know, we're so used to hearing about them. 
oh my god you know explaining about them well i want to know how we're supposed to be how are we supposed to not crack their head you know how are we supposed to deal with their antics when they say very harmful and hurtful things but we know we know for a fact they were raised in pig pens they still live there and they have core values of dysfunction that doesn't stop it from pissing us off though so me and dr glenna are gonna dish about that so i'll see you next well, it's tuesday after next everybody thank you for listening to this episode of i know i'm crazy with Naja hall <laughs>